0: Hey, I gotta tell you guys about something, and I'm really excited to talk about this because I got a brand new front door lock. And it's not just any lock. It's a Ufi video lock. You might be thinking, what's the big deal, Chael? Well, okay, I'm gonna tell you. First off, it is sleek. I mean, it's a very big deal. My father used to build houses. My whole life I've known how important curb appeal is. I used to be in real estate. When I show somebody a house, the front door is the very first thing you see. This thing is a piece of art. It truly is, and it's such a good-looking piece of hardware. It instantly upgraded my front door. I was excited about the functionality. So not only do I get an instant makeover with a piece of art, you now have a different level of protection. It's a smart lock. It's got a 2K camera with audio and doorbell all in one. Most competitors are either just a camera or a smart lock. The Eufy Video Lock has both plus a doorbell and it can all be controlled via an app, which makes things so convenient. I hate when I hear the doorbell ring and I'm comfortable inside. I gotta get up, go to the door, just to find out it's a delivery man who dropped the package and is already long gone. The Eufy Video Lock now allows me to avoid all of that. I can just peek at the app. I can even talk to him or hear him talk back to me. Also, my wife and I travel a lot. It's an added level of security at my front door and it makes me feel a little bit more at ease. It was very easy to install. No, there are no monthly fees for the security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. The Ufi Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Ufi Video Lock online. Do that by going to Ufi, E U F Y Video Lock, or visit ufiofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday. Welcome to a special edition. We're going to call this recap. Now, guys, I know it's Sunday and you're hearing it today. I got to tell you, I'm actually in the studio. I just watched the fights. I'm going to give you my natural, organic, organic, immediate reaction to what we just saw. Izzy versus Piera, are you happy? I mean, let's start with that. I want to break this down, but but are you happy? And what studs? Really, what two incredible athletes? I believe Izzy to be the greatest middleweight of all time. I say this as a middleweight. I say this as well. many have said I am the greatest of all time, but I think it's him. I think it's him for a lot of reasons. In addition to the fact that he cleaned out a division, he did what Dana White is calling lapping it. We've never even heard that term. The term lapping a division was brought to our sport. I realize that's like a, a NASCAR, but it was brought to our sport because of Adesanya. That's how good and dominant he is. And you must understand, tough and good don't always go together. And the tough guys are the ones that can get up when they were knocked down, and that's what Izzy did tonight. But he was so good, he really never had to show us that. Sometimes a guy is so good, he just doesn't deal with adversity. The NCAA just saw in the form of a wrestler called Spencer Lee. Tough and good aren't always the same thing. It was a big deal that Izzy was able to come back. It was a big deal that he was able to go out and perform. It was a big deal that while in that process of taking a fight-ending combination. I mean, God, the guy started with his legs. He goes to his kidney. He goes to his liver. He knees him in the head. Boom. Izzy throws back, puts him down. It really was a remarkable thing, and I want to make sure that I pay that respect to these athletes because they're great. I did not want to see this fight, and neither did you. There has never been a rematch for a title in a main event of our sport, right? A, A big rematch. Never. That was asked for Less than this one. Izzy did not call for it. Pierre did not call for it. I could tell you what they both said, because I hear you guys say that they did call for it. You're wrong. You heard it wrong. They both made it clear that if that's what was next, they would do it. They also both made it clear that they are not going to make a demand that that's next. Now you got the media. You got guys like me. You got guys like Rogan. You guys like Ioli? You, I, I you got Big John out there. You got Ramadi. you got Arkhamoto. you got Errol Hawaii. I, mean, I, I could play this game. We could have done headlines. I could have come and demanded it. I could have stepped in front of this thing. And me being the proverbial, right? Brendan could have done it. Bisping, some, some guys with a voice in the sport. We could have come out and done this. None of us did. And I do mean none of us. Nobody asked for this rematch. So now you go to the third variable, which is you. Were you guys in the forums, on the threads, on the social medias, lighting up the Twitterverse, asking for a rematch? And the answer is no. Nobody asked for this rematch. And now I can't help but feel that we must do another match. I mean, th- that is the biggest problem of all of this. I got asked before this fight, hey, who do you think it's gonna win?" Blah, blah blah. And my response. Okay, and I really respect these guys, but my response was the same. I don't care. I just want it over with. It doesn't feel right. They're not fighting at home. This guy represents this country, and this guy represents this country, and we're going to take him out to Miami and put a guy from Miami on the undercard. The whole, it was, I didn't get it. I didn't get the whole thing, but I knew it needed to happen. I knew that was the right fight. I knew those were the two best guys. I wasn't hating on it in that regard, but I did want it done. And I, I asked several times and Izzy heard it, and Dana heard it, and Fiera heard it, that one of you three come out and promise us, the viewer, we settle the dispute here. We don't care if it's 3-0 and going into this. We don't care what comes out the backside, 3-1 and or 4-0. and We don't care. We're done here tonight. And they didn't do that. They didn't do it. And now you have a knockout which is exactly what you had in the first fight, which sets up a true trilogy. In this sport, we don't get very many true trilogies. We were sitting on one and weren't even talking about do it. That was Stipe versus uh, Francis. A true trilogy is not fight number three. It's fight number three when the outcomes are split between the first two. And in this case, they're knockouts. Devastating devastated because of the drama of Izzy losing a belt, being up arguably four rounds to none, worst case scenario, three rounds to one, getting knocked out in the fifth and final round. Devastatingly dramatic in the fact that you could have counted to one if this was boxing, you could have counted to 100, and you'd have still had to call Pierre out. Asleep. Very dramatic. It feels as though we must go to the rubber match. And if we don't, by the way, and you're, and you're getting this from a guy that didn't want to see this, but now feels like we have to, and we wouldn't have to, if you would have just taken my advice, which is to come out and say, we're settling here, but you didn't say that. So now one of those two leaves the division, which is what Pierre wants to do anyway, or you got to rematch him and understand if you don't like what I'm saying about rematch, you don't have another option, right? you you you've got to juxtapose the rematch, the trilogy, the one here, the one there. you you got to juxtapose all of this stuff up against a rematch between Whitaker and Adesanya. Do you see the problem? Whitaker has been kept on ice in case Piero won. Putting Whitaker back in there with Izzy, it's, you see the problem? So it's not really what fight do you want to see more. It's which fight do you want to say least? It's a a very peculiar and odd position. And they didn't have to be in it. They all heard me say it, all of them. And now they're wishing they'd have done it. Before the fight, say, this is it, all of it, this one. No redos, no runbacks, no tag-ins, no at this one right here. They didn't do it. I I just want to know how you guys feel about it. Do you feel you could make a justification that you could come out and you could argue? I get that we don't have a jury of our peers. I get that we're in a silly, we're in kangaroo court here. But do you feel you could stand amongst that courtroom and make a case for why you're not going to book the biggest rivals who are ranked one and two and have split outcomes? Do you think that you could argue and convince people That is needed less than Whitaker stepping in against Izzy a third time. Great job. These guys went out and had a great fight. Izzy's champion again. I think Pierre should leave the weight. I think they both got great memories. I hope this helps them both to live and and move on. I thought Pierre fought an awesome fight. Adesanya had a massive chance to show us the audience that he can deal with adversity and that he can come back. That he's a guy when he goes down, he gets back up. That was awesome. That will only help to further the already incredible legacy Of Israel Adesanya. No doubt about it. It also seems as though it's going to be Groundhog's Day over there. And all they had to do was take a little bit of advice from the smartest guy in the room who gave it to them for free. All right, guys, so what do we do at 185 pounds, right? I mean, I got to tell you, that's always the question that we ask in this spot. And quite frankly, it's a little annoying. I'd rather not be part of it. But I find myself doing it every time. It's it's almost like a fix I can't get out of. Dana White will be asked that tonight, guaranteed. So what are we going to do next at 185 pounds? And he'll say, guys, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Now, the answer Dana has to give, just so you understand why so infrequently a fight is made at the post-fight press conference. So infrequently, you could count it on one hand in all 20 plus years where it's happened. But just so you understand why, when you say, let's see what happens, you got to talk to both guys. You got to get an injury report and we have to hear from the commission. We got to get the drug test back. I mean, for all anyone knows, a guy's in the back, he's got a broken hand that he just didn't flinch and try to get everyone to give sympathy for on TV, right? Not everybody that gets hurt needs to come and tell the announcer. Some of them handle it like actual men. So Dana can't get there at a press conference and start telling you what's next. There's just things that you have to do. There's people you have to talk to first. We've had fighters, just so you understand. I told you count on one hand, how many times he's gone to a post-fight and made a fight. But within that one hand and with the few times he's done it, he's made a fight, told the world, had everybody run with it. Got all the media, got the headlines, got people lining up interviews, we're off to go. The fighter hasn't yet agreed to it and he will turn the gun and hold that against him. You already promised the world. You already promised the world you were going to get me, but you don't have a deal with me, now I need more. Happens all the time. So it's a very difficult and precarious spot to go to a press conference and make the fight. I'm just letting you know why that happens. I'm sharing with you the inside as to why that answer needs to be, let's see what happens. As opposed to getting in front of something. Now, what do you want to happen at 185? The the only thing that you have in common with 85-pounders all of them. And they're some tough sons of bitches, but they got one thing in common. They don't want to fight each other. You will not find two eighty-five 85-pounders that have called each other out. Not just in the top five, which are the only five that matter. All, go all the way to 10. Go to 10 just for fun. Go look at it right now. Pull up the ranking right now and look at the top 10 out of those names. Show me someone that called out someone else in that same ranking. You won't have it it's shocking. So we kept Robert Whitaker on ice. Robert Whitaker's is the top-ranked guy. He's the number one contender. Anytime you want to do it, nobody would disagree. The X's and O's of Whitaker versus Pierre are truly interesting, truly. But we kept him on ice. It doesn't seem as though anyone's going to pull him from the bench and put him in with Izzy. It doesn't seem like that. They were 2-0. and oh. It wasn't... Something that people want to see. So I don't think that he was being held to take on the winner no matter what. I think he was being held to take on the winner as long as the winner was Alex. That's what I think. I think nobody's told me. Marvin Matour had been very quiet. Cannoneer already been in there with Izzy. Not that he's calling for it anyway. Sean Strickland not quite in a position to go into a title fight. Paula Costa hands full. Which of What do you want to do, guys? I'm just asking. What do you want to do? Because I know I know what you don't want to do. You don't want to see Izzy and Pierre again. I I understand that. Is there something you'd rather see? Is there a stronger argument or case that you could make? And you've got to understand, doing Izzy and Piera, the, the second one, it was the right thing to do, but that's the only reason we did it. Right? We don't do a lot of things in this sport just because it's the right thing to do. We, come on. Every now and then, seldomly, we will show a respect to the integrity of the ranking or the number one contender, seldomly. But we did this fight because it was the right thing to do. You have to understand that. That alone got this fight. You have to understand that. Because Izzy could have come and got it. Izzy is the most dominant guy, could have come and got it. Izzy, who has the respect of all the rest of the boys, because he's laid them all out, could have said, anoint me, put me in front of you, you know I deserve it. And they just said, we do. But none of that happened and they still got the fight. Now, I'm just offering for you, right? Because it's a very different scenario. Come Monday morning, if Alex demands the fight. Don't don't think of going into the fight, it's third fight, same, same. Same, same as they did nothing. They've got a story in a kickboxing world, they think people know it, nobody actually does, right? Their Twitter fans know it, so they think the world knows it. D- don't compare it to that. Compare it to what could happen, which is Pierre wakes up and demands another fight. That's that's a very different world. If Pierre is to say, I want to go to 205 pounds, which a lot of us have predicted, what does he do there? Do you believe that he goes right into a world title fight? There's only been one guy to be an 85 pounder, get finished, and move up to a world title fight, and you happen to be looking at him. It's never happened again, but there was an art and a skill that I don't believe is here. I don't believe is possessed. So do you think that Pierre would go up to a non-title fight as opposed to stay where he's at against his greatest emphasis and demand a rematch? because right, you're going to have to give me two answers, because you're going to have to look at this two different ways. The way that you did and that you're capable, which is just what you know right in this moment, and then the way a genius does it, which is to look forward and understand the psychology forward if the guy that woke up today is champion wakes up tomorrow and is pissed off and demands his belt back. There was no effort done to get this rematch. What if there is an effort done to get the trilogy? Do you think we blow in that direction? Or do you think we put Robert Whitaker in? I mean, do you see where things are very different? And I know you're hearing the rumors of Paulo Costa and If I'm hearing those rumors too. But guys, that's many, many, many months away. I mean, that is way down. We're to four, five and six months away from that fight, just so you understand. Something's going to happen at middleweight. There's going to be a title fight. It's going to be booked. Is there a way? Is there a reasonable way around us just accepting now we're going to have to watch this trilogy? George Masvidal has retired according to the UFC Twitter account and according to you guys on Twitter from what I've seen. Do you have a problem with that statement? Now, the reason I say that and I say it with a little bit of a smile on my face is it sure sounded like a retirement speech, but he never retired. I thought it was very interesting that the UFC came out on Twitter and said George retires. And the distinction I'm trying to make for you The word retire to us can be something you just throw around. I'm retired today. I'm not retired tomorrow. I'll retire again. I'm never going to retire. You just say the word. There's a legal meaning to the word retire as it pertains specifically to the UFC and specifically to their agreement with USADA. If you are retired, you are out of the pool. You cannot be tested. You also can't get a fight. If you ever want to come back where you've seen this with Conor McGregor right now, But it all has to do with that word. So the UFC has gone to Twitter and they've said that George Mosvall is retired. I'm okay with that. I watched the speech. But I've also heard from you guys on Twitter that the UFC is right and he retired. No, he did not. He never used that word once. He didn't use something that means that word, such as, I'm done, I won't be back. This was my last one. I'll never do this again. I'm moving on in life. He, d- he said none of those things. He took off his gloves. You got to understand what this means, right? When you're at home, you're watching TV. I know you're thinking, so what? To many things, much like the word retired, you're thinking, so what? Jail, why would you make a big deal about it? Well, George took his gloves off in the ring. When you take your gloves off in the ring, you are now signifying to the announcer, make sure you come over and interview me because I'm about to retire. Now, that's never spoken, but that's what the sign is. And it's extremely relevant and important that you do retire. Why? Because it's illegal to take your gloves off in the ring. George Masvidal went a step further. You want to talk about illegal? Not only did he take the gloves off and not retire, he threw one of the gloves into the audience. The commission is not done doing what's called decompressing you yet. As an athlete, you will go in the back. They will take those gloves. There is some kind, and I'm sure it's in make-believe land, but in make Believeville, where they are going to inspect those gloves to make sure the seams have not been tampered with and nothing has been placed in the forefront of the fabric. They will then cut off themselves, personally, not your friend. They will cut off your hand wraps. They will also take them to make Believeville where they inspect those. So the only reason... It's okay to take them off and throw them in the audience and break every commission rule as if you're never coming back. So it it is a really big deal. Everything he did there was a big deal. You guys saying he retired when he didn't say it is weird. I'll tell you that you're a bunch of weirdos. The UFC backed it up and said he retired. That's meaningful to me. I saw it. I do think it was meant to be a retirement speech. I do. But I've seen other guys who started a retirement speech and partway through pulled back. Luke Rockhold in his last fight, I mean, just, just you want an example? This is a guy that's about to main event a card in two weeks against Mike Perry. In his last fight, he started the retirement speech. He caught himself. Partway through, he caught himself of, hey, I might be a little emotional right now. I don't want to do it. And he took it back. And he never once said, hey, guys, I apologize. Let's go in a different direction. He just didn't use the word retire. He did everything but that. And now he's a main event. Guys do it all the time where they start that speech. They take the gloves off. They're about to do the speech. They get as far as the thank yous to their coaches. They've started that speech. They turn it over to the fans with a little bit of a a cry in their eye. They started that speech. And they take it back. I don't know that Masvidal took it back. I know he didn't retire. And I know if he is retired, he still didn't say he retired. And I do know it's a little bit weird that you all keep saying that he retired when he did not retire. And the UFC has now put a legal phrase on it, which removes George from the pool. And if he wants to come back as recently as right now, one hour later, he has to wait six months. That's what the rules say. It is a colossally, career-changing... If you use the word retire, you put it on him, apparently the organization's put it on him. I'm just here to remind you to be real clear, he did not put it on himself. Oh, no, 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 no. Translation barrier. No, 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 no. Ta- stop. Stop, stop, stop. Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is taking some heat and some flack right now. He misspoke. I just want to correct it. Okay, timeout. Let's back up. Gilbert Burns beats George Masvidal in Miami. Huge attendance! You got the president, your president, the Kid Rock, the Mike Tyson. You got all the cameos. Everything's everything set. This is a really big deal. Gilbert Burns grabs a microphone. He makes it clear that he is willing to fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, that he's the only guy in the organization that's willing to do that. He even gets Joe Rogan to co-sign it, to make it clear that it's very uncommon to do, but he is the guy that does it. And Joe rightfully said, yes, you are. He then said, not anymore. I will not fight anybody unless I get a title. Okay, timeout. Now he's getting, he's getting roasted for this. You guys understand why, right? He, t- he took the one thing. He brought to our attention the one thing that separates him from all 700-plus other guys under contract. And he's right. He is the only one that truly will go and do that. Not just talk the talk. He will truly fight anybody. He took the one thing, and he just gave it back. He said, no, I'm like the other 700. I'm not special anymore. And more than anything, let's say he's the guy. Because Gilbert Burns has a great argument, right? Dana White was it a Pat McAfee. Dana White as recently as this morning went somewhere and said, whoever wins between Burns and Masvidal is likely to be held for the winner of Leon and Colby. That's what he says, likely. So Burns has come out and he's saying, hey, that's me. And to strengthen this case, I'm not going to fight anybody else but the title set. You can't give it to him. Now, this could be a situation where they were going to as recently as this morning, whoever won that fight was going to fight whoever wins this fight. You can't give it to him now. If the plan was to give it to you can't do it. You can't. Because C- you can't convince the rest of the guys that you're only doing it because of the victory and not because of the clause he put on it. So even if you wanted to give it to Gilbert, you can't give it to Gilbert because you can't have the rest of the division thinking that's how I get, th- I just strong arm, I refuse, I say I'm going to sit out, I say I won't fight anybody else unless I get my way, even if you're going to give it to him, you now can't give it to him. This is the argument, I'm coming to correct it, it's not what Gilbert meant. That's not what Gilbert meant. That is not what, that is not the message he was attempting to get across. He was attempting to get a message across of I've done everything, I have done all the heavy lifting. I haven't asked for a whole lot, and now I am. I'm demanding title shot. No more contenders. No more do this one. No more let's see what happens. Title shot. That's what he was saying. That was his message. That's fair. As far as that fight went, I mean, Gilbert is as big of a pain in your ass as they have in this sport. Like, if you looked at it on paper, Gilbert was meaningfully better than Masvidal on the ground on paper. I mean, you got an Abu Dhabi medalist versus a guy that never wanted to enter Abu Dhabi. I'm just talking about on the ground, on paper. But the question becomes, can Masvidal do enough damage on his feet that the ground, should we get there, doesn't matter. They love to tell you 80% of fights go to the ground. and They're right. But 100% start standing up. We never quite reverse that, do we? We act like, oh, it's all around. And so a martial artist, well, okay, then why don't you start the fight on the ground? If it doesn't matter, then let's just start the fight on the ground. Because we never start there. We started in your realm. So I'm only asking, can can you do enough damage there? And what we felt, Gilbert Gilbert won that part of the fight too. He won the stand-up. And that's where you got problems, right? This is where the lights are going. Like This is where everything became very clear in my life. I fought a karate guy named Machida, who's never had a wrestling match. We're out there fighting. He got the takedown on me. That's that's where it, like the world gets a little clearer to you, and you realize I'm not done with the sport, but this sport is now done with me. I mean, it's just one of those realizations that you come to. And I'm watching Gilbert. He's that boy. Gilbert's fighting good, and he's pushing a piece. And he'll even get dirty. He'll even remember, remember at the end of the round. And I don't mean dirty like against the rules. I mean he will get he will just f- start fighting. He will set martial arts and training aside. When he was down on on top of Masvidal, right when the bell rang in the first round, he was on and he was just trying to get shots in. He did that same thing in the Chemiah fight. Chemiah, much like like Masvidal, I mean, they're just swinging. They're trying to hurt each other. They're going all over. I mean, it really, this is a grimy guy with all the skills who truly does deserve something for all the lifting he's done. They finally threw him a world title fight just because you couldn't deny it anymore. They just finally gave him one. He'd beaten the former world champion. He beat the number one ranked guy. I mean, finally, they gave him one tonight. He beats the BMF champion. He doesn't get to become the champion. And now we've got kids on the on the underground trying to hold something against him because he misspoke. He didn't mean that. He, he it wasn't an ultimatum. He he was not given an ultimatum. I know those are the words. That wasn't the intent. His intent was to show the separation and difference between him and the field, which is. I have done all of these things, which are supposed to be rewarded, but I've yet to be rewarded. And now I want a title fight. That's a fair message. In that moment, in the spotlight, in Miami, it was the right message. Give him a break. All right, guys. I've had it with you all. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you. For listening to our special Sunday recap, guys, for more of me, be here on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.